0: This is your host Shane with Radical Rocks and today we have a super exciting episode jam-packed filled with information that's both educational and entertaining that will rock your world. Um, we've got fossil news as far uh, as some of the highlights of today's shows. Not Definitely not everything. We've got a sea reptile with a bite like a box cutter. We've got birthstones stones and how they match up to the zodiac just looking at those particular birthstones and talking about those also there's a fungus among us and a four-year-old makes an incredible fossil discovery we're going to talk about turquoise a pink diamond that somebody's going to have embedded in their head we're going to talk about poop yes Coprolite, dinosaur, petrified dinosaur poop, both beautiful and collectible. We're going to talk about an ancient light-producing bug. We're going to talk about the queen's crown jewels and the bomb-proof glass and other extraordinary things, and talk about how can we steal these crown jewels. Or not. We'll see. Also a $29 million ruby agate... Um, Updates on agates and more, including what we're going to start right off with is a field trip to Alpine, Texas, some beautiful agates and things like that. You don't want to miss any of this, guys. Hey, all we ask is that you go to our website, radicalrocks.com. That's radicalrocks with an S.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page, you've got all our links. We are on MeWe. Um, We'll be back on Parlor as soon as they get back up. We're on other social media. We've got YouTube videos. We're thinking of uh, joining with Rumble, uh, free speech video um, outlet. So that might be something upcoming. And we have blogs and everything else you can imagine. Very educational what you see on the podcast is not the same thing as what's in the blogs. It's not the same thing as what's on the videos. So you get a variety of everything from lapidary rocks, minerals, silver smithing, rock collecting trips, viewing magnificent specimens, talking about bench uh, tips, all sorts of stuff. So stay tuned for that. So first off, like I promised, We're going to get right into this article. I want to give kudos to the rock club, the rock group called The Searchers. The Searchers are based out of uh, Southern California, Orange County area, um, San Diego area down in there. And this is a wonderful club that is a part of many groups. You can look up of these uh, rock, rock and gym clubs, mineral clubs with lap a lot of them have lapidary shops and things like that they put out a monthly article called the slab and uh, i just got this hot off the press they did a field trip to the coconut 6 ranch alpine texas if you're not familiar with this this is uh, a ranch in alpine texas uh, where they are well known for a rich variety of agates and jaspers and some of these specimens are very very collectible containing beautiful plumes and inclusions um, there's mountains of southwest texas in southwest texas i thought it was flat as a bowling ball but once you do a little more research you find out that it's actually a very diverse country very beautiful country with uh, mountains on the southwest ridge along the big bend region and there is some uh, volcanic areas with extensive silification and um, a lot of this is privately held and uh, so there's not a lot of collecting opportunities but there are some areas that are open and um, you might have to pay there's other areas where they do open it up for the rock groups. still thank god for that Um, There's a Facebook group called Texas Rockhounds. You'll want to join that if you want to find out about those uh, field trips and stuff. you got to join these groups, guys. You want to be part of these trips where other people don't get to go. This is uh, a wonderful trip. They've got pictures of many of these beautiful um, agates. They tell the story about how they go up through the gate there. Um, They go working. They're finding this rock. it is kind of by the pound type deal, but this is a spectacular collecting area. If you're out uh, or going through Texas, this is something you want to look into. I mean these pieces, I've seen them sell on eBay for the bucks just for one little slab of the Texas plume out of this ranch. I've seen them sell for <laughs> pretty pretty well, well up over 50 to to $100 a slab folks, crazy. But uh, it is some beautiful stuff. Really want something like that added to your collection? You need to check that out. All right, next, the agate market. Hey, we're going to do some rock news first today. We're going to do some fossil news. We'll go back to more rock stuff. We got a ton for you today, guys. You're going to love it. Uh, the agate market, believe it or not, this is a trended market. You know, you hear about uh, wheat. Market and pig bellies and things like that. The agate market is substantial, folks. There's a report on this. You can go to uh, neighborwebsj.com. There's an article put out um, on January the 27th by Sambit, and they talk about how the market is, how it was affected by uh, COVID, some of the hot spots where agate come out of. I mean, huge list here. I'm not going to go through it all. I just want to let you know that agates here are described in this article as a semi-precious gemstone with a variegated form of chalcedony that is a silicon dioxide in the form of microscopic fibrous quartz crystals and agates usually develop when an empty pocket inside a host rock fills in molecule by molecule layer by layer as these microcrystals self-organize and form and to concentric bands and other patterns and colors and arrangements of microcrystals are influenced by changes in pressure, temperature, and the mineral content that occur during the formation process. Unlike other gemstones, each agate is unique, like a snowflake. Even slabs cut from the same specimen will vary in color and design. It goes on to talk about the grains and the colors from gray, red, blue, purple, uh, and all these other colors. Sometimes the uh, the colors that are not as desirable are dyed, unfortunately. But guess how much this market is valued at? $352.4 million in 2020 expected uh, for the next year is expected to grow at a rate of uh, uh, about... One percent, maybe even going down a tiny bit, they might say here. Yeah, I think so. They, they expect it might go down a little bit. We'll have to see um, how that goes. The report focuses on agate in a global market, especially North America, Europe, Asia Pacific, South America, Middle East, Africa, and so on. So you can get a copy of this report if you want. They've got data on a breakdown of colors, of... Um, how it is produced, what they do with it. Um, It is really a neat article if you're interested in that. Check it out. Now, I've got an article I might save for the end on how mining has changed over the years. If you want to hang with me to the very end, I will read this. If your time is limited, I'm going to go through first with more of the hot topics that you want to hear most. Here in Japan, we had the Tokyo police rule out Theft in an incident with a ruby worth $29 million. This is on January 27th in uh, Mainichi, Japan. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. The website is M A I N I C H I dot J P. You could look that up and it will tell you about this 29 million dollar rough ruby so huh, if this thing is faceted can you imagine what this baby's going to be worth it's 3 billion yen but that's about 29 million US money um it was reported that it was stolen but it seems like uh This was kind of a family and a business thing where, uh, you know, well, you said you were going to bring it back and you were going to sell it and, you know, this kind of stuff, and somebody got mad maybe and reported it stolen. But the gemstone is uh, being reunited with its rightful owner at this time. But, boy, would that be something to be able to hold that. Now here's something a little bit scientific for you. I'm not going to get into it a whole lot because I don't want to bore you people who aren't interested in that. but for you nerds that are like me, you uh, rockheads that wish you were geologists but you just didn't quite make it. you didn't you couldn't quite do the math or you couldn't quite do the studies like me, but you're still interested in it and you're picking up a little bit along the way. you can go to K P is in Paul V. That's a Channel 6 KPVI News. And on January the 29th, it says, Caldera Chronicles Laboratory Experiments Help Explain What Happens When Hot Rocks, Water, and Gas Interact in Yellowstone's Hydrothermal System. So if you're not familiar with Yellowstone, this is a park where the geysers are, you know, that that go up in the air like Old Faithful and stuff like that. Um, These waters are having effects on the rocks. Now, if you're not familiar with these areas that have a lot of geothermal activity with geysers and such, these areas are in areas of a lot of um, underground activity. This underground activity is usually in areas that uh, are thought to be of volcanic origin many, many years ago. Uh, Throughout the Sierras in California, these are granite-based. They're actually swelling and bulging. There's a lot of geothermal under the ground, maybe not so many geysers, but a lot of Um, hot water springs and things like that, which is geothermal. This area in Yellowstone is a rhyolite area. If you're familiar with rhyolite, that is a volcanic substance, uh, highly high content of silica. A lot of gems can pop up in these areas as well. So it talks about how through different heats and temperatures and waters percolating through, it changes the cell structures of these rocks. And they're doing these experiments. And if you're really interested in this, you can check that out because it's very relative to what we find in our gems and minerals and patterns of rocks and minerals, especially agates and silica-based minerals and rocks. Now, as always, we want to give tribute to our rock hounds that went before us um, as they pop up in my searches. Bernard Vandal, I think we might have mentioned him last week. Um, he was a rock hound and a lapidarius he got to go on his lifelong desire to go rock collecting in montana and um, he gave these as gifts and such Um, he was in the bismarck he was in the bismarck area and uh, passed away on january twenty seventh at eighty seven years of age and now is rock hounding uh, in heaven or awaiting rock hounding depending on what you believe um, he is on those streets of gold and uh, we we wish his family and all the best now here is another uh, human interest article here that I spotted at heidilowegallery.com and um, this lady here is uh, selling and making jewelry and minerals. And there was a little spot done, article done on her. uh, And she does classes to teach people how to do this jewelry. And um, I'm sure there's a charge. I didn't look at it. I just thought it was kind of interesting. She had kids classes as well that they could go in and create and uh, do this. Um, And it sounds like, you know, they're trying to uphold all the... um, you know, the coronavirus uh, protections that are in action. She's in Delaware, if you're in that area. You might want to check that out. I just thought I'd give a shout-out for our folks over on the East Coast here in the U.S. Now, here is a ancient beetle uh, that has been discovered, and he once was the light of the world, okay? So basically, kind of a firefly. Um, this is the ancient Great, 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 great grandfather of fireflies today. You can read this in S-C-I-T-E-C-H daily, scitechdaily.com. And uh, the article, uh, shoot, they got a pop-up here. The article uh, was uh, written January 30th, and they found this in amber. I uh, remember we talked about this ancient beetle some time ago. Now they're finding out this was an Uh, an exceptionally preserved, light-producing beetle um, shedding light on the diversification of biluminous beetles in the creaceous period and uh, provides uh, more information between the past uh, relatives of fossils and the creatures that we see today. The pictures are stunning, uh, great detail, very interesting. The article goes into some detail about this insect and um, how its stages were through life. They have a a picture of what it would look like in perfect condition with a male and a female and one of the larvas there which looks like a mealworm that I think would be great for fishing. Okay, we're going to talk about a fossilized fish in a while but right now I want to talk about the Queen's Jewels. How would you like to steal the Queen's Jewels? I'm going to tell you how to do it just as soon as I get a swig of coffee here. First of all, you got to be really really smart because only one man ever even came close. Uh and that was in the 16th century. It was an Irishman, no doubt, not too happy with uh, the past relationship between England and Ireland. But this article is in my london.news, bombproof glass and 22 man guard, the security protecting the queen's jewels. And then it asked the question, Will anyone be able to steal the crown jewels again? Well, probably not. Not with this uh, bomb proof jewels. It's by Harry Walker, and um, he does a wonderful article here. He's got pictures of the crown jewels here, the scepter, um, some beautiful, stunning sapphires, emeralds, rubies, and other spectacular gems are adorning these, and they are encased in this bomb proof, not bulletproof, bomb proof. Um, Thomas Blood was the Irish man who almost escaped with this priceless material back in sixteen seventy-one. Now, in three hundred and fifty years since then, nobody has even come close. How could you do it? Eh, you know what? It's not gonna be too easy. You can't blow up blow it up. You've got all these guards. Um <laughs> you know, there's cameras everywhere. There's a hundred security cameras, they have these uh guard towers. They have uh, the British Army is set to be dispatched in an instant. The ex-military uh, personnel, you know, I mean, you're just going to get blown away. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do it. It just isn't going to happen. It would take uh, a war of uh, World War proportions to be able to get in there. So I think they're pretty safe. I don't think the Queen has anything to worry about. But uh, you can check that out. Um, If you want And look at those If you're ever in England They're in the London Tower I believe Alright How about Having a diamond Embedded in your head Okay it sounds pretty stupid to me But you know what It's a free country And I'm glad it is And even though it's nothing I would ever do And I think is ridiculous You know what I believe in freedom And I say good for you good for you you do whatever the heck you want and you just let me do what the heck i want 24 million rapper pays to have this diamond embedded in his head you got to hand it to him this isn't something he just came up with and uh decided to do overnight he has been paying for this uh for for four years he's been making payments on this diamond so his name is free uh It's U-Z-I So Uzi or Uz Uzi (laughs) But uh, I've never heard of him But he must be making a lot of money He must be making a lot of uh, music So good for him Uh, He says he's going to kind of make himself into a a real life vision of Like a superhero But without the superpowers But I don't know I think his uh, ability to stick with this uh, This goal of having this beautiful 11 carat monster Beautiful gemstone That was sold to him from uh, one of the people that sells to all the stars and things like that. uh, To get that and have that embedded in his forehead. He says he could lock it up and all that. But he wants everyone to be able to enjoy it. And uh, so he's going to put it on his head. He says it will still be insured and everything. So there you go. (laughs) You can look up that at labbible.com. Labbible.com. The Bible, L A D B I B L E dot com, and it's written by Stuart Pierre, and it was published on the first just yesterday. Okay, four-year-old girl, she was in Wells at the UK, uh, and she finds this footprint on the beach. A nice discovery, beautiful pictures here. It looks just like a dinosaur footprint, uh, kind of pointed claws. You know the three fingers that you see there. Uh, wonderful wonderful discovery. You can see that on uh, many different places if you look it up. I found it on Hindu uh, Stan Times. It's h-i-n-d-u-s-t-a-n times.com and um, let's see if there's a credit for the writer. It is Sanya Hmm. Buddha Hajara and it was published on the 31st called Four-Year-Old Girl Discovers Well-Preserved Dinosaur Footprint this was found near the area of Barrie in South Wales, and uh, very well preserved. Um, I don't know that I would have thought it was a dinosaur fossil, but apparently it has been um, verified. And these can be found anywhere in the UK, and uh, it aids paleontologists in getting an idea how these early uh, dinosaurs would have would have walked. They feel this dinosaur uh, footprint is, no they don't feel, it is about 10 centimeter long. They're not sure what dinosaur made it at this point, but the animal would have probably stood about 75 centimeters uh, tall and about uh, 2.5 meters long. So pretty good sized creature there. Would have probably walked on um, two legs uh, as they uh, look at it and also would have fed on small animals as well as insects, they hypothesize. Now, in other news, dino, uh, fossils discovered. The oldest fungus is among us. They claim this is 635 million years old. It is the oldest fungus around. Um, you know, I don't. I give all that dating processes. Uh, you know, I take that with a grain of uh, big giant grain of salt but it is interesting this is the new thing that is going on where they are looking at fossils through magnifying glass um they call them microfossils and through this they are learning a lot of uh, other things that have been frozen in rock frozen in silica frozen in sand and uh imprints of these images are teaching us new things about Fungus, land fungus, um, they feel that could have been parts of the beginning of uh, life and uh, land uh, life, life on land, on surface. ScienceTimes.com, written by Olive Marie Morrill, if you want to see that, was on January the 31st. Now, we all love rocks and minerals. Uh, if you're like me, you look at eBay. Um, you look at the websites, the social medias, people are posting stuff. I'm posting stuff, you know. Um, you can go to our website, radicalrocks.com and you can see all kinds of rocks and minerals. We're doing a actually an auction or not an auction, but a live um, uh, of stuff I don't have on the website. Probably gonna do that maybe this Friday if everything goes all right. W- hoping for a little sun here. And uh, but anyway, there is a cost to a lot of these rocks and minerals. I can assure you the rocks and minerals I get, um, as of so far, all of the ones that I have got and bought directly from people, which is most of them, uh, have been mined by those people or by myself or been collections of old timers that uh, are majority of the United States rocks and minerals. Although I am been getting uh, some other rocks and minerals from other countries as well. But there's a benefit to it being mined in America because fatalities are huge. Um, In the uh, Nasdaq.com, there's an article, 18% in 2020 industry uh, injuries. South Africa mining facilities raised 18% in 2020. There's a lot of people dying um, mining in these foreign countries. So that's something to think about. Um, It's good to keep things going here in the U.S., even if it is on a small scale, because we have the highest safety standards. We have the most innovation, um, really. Uh, In fact, I just did a quick subject on uh, Arizona being the Silicon Valley of mining. We have high tech. Um, There's so many safety things here in the U.S. Um, So something to think about when you're buying rocks and minerals is that Those may have uh, been from an area where they are just not protecting these people. Now, unfortunately, we all are guilty of this because every single cell phone, every single smart device is receiving these rocks and minerals from these areas that are not doing a good job of treating their people right. So think about that, folks. All right? Um, Your favorite birthstone according to your zodiac sign. I'm not going to go into uh, all the... uh, You know, whatever the superstition or the what the sign means or anything like that, we're just going to talk about the gemstones because that's what we're about—is rocks and minerals. But how you use them and what you do with them—it's all good. You know, we're all here for rocks and minerals, and that's that's what we love, and that's our common ground. So we can all come together on this. The way I look at it, IndiaTimes.com, your favorite birthstone according to your zodiac sign. Um, this was uh, came out on the second, so that's today. That came out today, fresh, hot off the press. If you look at these birthstones that uh, go according to the zodiac stone, the zodiac sign that is, you are going to have this list. Uh, an Aries is going to be diamonds and bloodstone. Um, and they're, like, again, Again, if you want to know all the protections and traits and all that, you can look at this. Taurus is going to be an emerald. An emerald. Beautiful. And the ones that are highly transparent um, are going to be very desired for this situation. Gemini um, is a pearl, which is really an organic um, uh, mineral, not from the earth. So uh, I like Alexandrite on that one, which is another um, another gemstone uh, birthstone option. There's several of them. There's like uh, there's the Chinese. There's the you know your signs, your your zodiac. There's other ones as well. Um, Cancer is ruby, so uh, beautiful rubies, uh, red crystals, beautiful. Leo is peridot. Um, which is, you know, the volcanic uh, stone, the volcanic glass, really, silica, green, beautiful green, uh, from light to dark green. Then you have Virgo, which is a sapphire. Um, typically, sapphire, you think of a kind of a, a bluish um, to purplish, maybe even a greenish uh, tinge, but there's pink, orange, yellow, purple. Um, the blue is. Officially, the Virgo's color Uh, Libra is mystical opal. Um, Now, I would assume this would be uh, opal, such as uh, what you would see uh, with a white background and multicolored. Scorpio (coughs) that's going to be topaz. Excuse me, got to have a little water here. Um, Topaz is typically going to be blue Um, it can be other colors but uh, typically blue is the most desired color you've got Sagittarius which is turquoise uh, beautiful opaque mineral and uh, the next Capricorn is going to be garnet Uh, garnet is typically going to be a red I like the orangish red ones those are really warm and uh, and beautiful but this is typically going to be red and then aquarius is going to be amethyst beautiful purple amethyst definitely and pisces is aquamarine beautiful um, aquamarine not quite blue not really green but more of a blue than green so you can check that out and read all the different attributes um, tied to these stones tied to these um, Symbols of the zodiac. Now, back to a little bit more fossil news. I told you we got a big show today. There's a lot of good stuff here. Um, if you're listening to me and you're at home, check out radicalrocks.com. Scroll down to the bottom and check out our other links. Support our communities, especially me. We we've been growing like crazy. I've been on Facebook for over a year. I don't know, year and a half, and I brought 400 and some members that I had since uh, 2009 from Yahoo groups over to that, and it's only it's less than 2,000 members. My MeWe account is uh, almost double that already, and I just opened it a few months ago, so it's growing like crazy. Check it out. Um, next, Fossil News Science um, You can read about this ancient sea reptile. I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. It's a monosaur. It had these teeth that literally were as sharp as box cutters. I mean, they were scissors. This thing would just slice a bite out like no other. It was written by Jake uh, Bueller uh, about two hours ago, it says here. And you can find out all about this creature. I believe it was about nine feet long. They believe this creature was a reptile uh, relative. It uh, was in primarily North Africa, probably traveled all over the ocean, creature this big. It preyed on large animals, animals much larger than it. Um, Some of these fossils have been found in Morocco, and uh, they found a jawbone that was studded with these teeth. Amazing. Of course, they're x-raying this and looking at this. I saw a couple different articles on this. Um, They've got some pictures of it right here. Uh, They're like a saw blade. Um, but man it's they are razor sharp i mean they're like serrated and the edges are flat it's it's amazing these things are vicious looking they could just rip into um, these larger animals and take chunks out with no problem so if you want to find out more about that uh, that's cool now turquoise we talked about turquoise last week but um at Jewelermagazine.com there's a little article about gemstones there uh, about turquoise uh, just written in the last few days here, let's see if there's any credit to anybody it was posted by uh, Catherine Wyatt and uh, talks about turquoise, it's history talks about how to take care of turquoise, talks about um, looking out for the imitations, it says many imitations include dyed forms of mineral, sometimes Look-alike, uh, lookalike matrix effect one such product um, often manufactured in China is turcotine, a non-gymological term for halite, halite or mag- magnesium that has been artificially colored blue um, yeah when you go to these gym and bead shops mostly the bead shops and they sell these beads and you see these beautiful turquoises on strands man a lot of that stuff is just fake uh, so much of it is fake if you're not paying uh, big big bucks for turquoise and they're not giving you a handwritten certification that it's real and they have a good reputation I would not buy it Um, we have real turquoise on our website if you want to see some examples of some really high quality real turquoise go check it out so you can check that out if you want to know more about that what else I got two more articles for you. One is on dino poop. This is kind of the keynote address, I guess, keynote article rockandgym.com. Rock, the letter N, gym.com. By the way, none of these places are sponsoring us. We do not have a sponsor right now. Our podcast, um, we ran out of our sponsor a while back. So if you or someone you know is interested in doing a sponsorship, we appreciate that. As you know, um, we give proceeds. From our social media and stuff like that. Back to Rocks and Lapidary for Education. Um, to just improve our radio station. To improve our channels and our videos and all those things. Um, we appreciate any help that we get. And uh, pass that back on to you in these forms. But, co- um, boy, I had this right. I always say it wrong. I say copalites, But it's really... Um, Coprolites, coprolites, C-O-P-R-O-L-I-T-E-S. If you've been saying it wrong, like I have been saying it, this was, article was written quite a while ago. But I wanted to add some more rock and gym stuff. They've got a picture here of this fossilized dino poop, and that's exactly what it looks like—is dino poop. Um, some of these space uh, specimens were collected from Salmon Creek in Washington. Um, there's no phosphorus, nor org- no organic traces. Um, but they are fossilized And some of them are just brown They look nasty, right? But some of them are quite beautiful inside um, They have been fossilized with uh, silica And um, they have some beautiful patterns in them And can make interesting jewelry And uh, you would be blown away But some of them just look like poop I mean, they're, they're not that fantastic inside um, But they are fossilized And some of these come from fish, some come from sharks, some come from land-dwelling creatures. And uh, it's certainly another facet of uh, just interesting thing, to (laughs) Kids love it. Everybody is always um, like, you're kidding, that's dino poop? You know, if you have one that's cut open uh, or if you have the pieces that look like that uh <laughs> you know it, it is a conversation um, piece when you have these uh, poopoo shaped rocks that are definitely petrified and definitely not poop anymore I mean they're just fossilized so there's quite a bit of article here about these fossils um, how they fossilized how they you know how unusual it is that they don't have any of these minerals that you would find in feces um, but yet, There they are. Um, They have changed. Some of them are, you know, much more rock-like and hard as uh, um, jaspers and as agates. Where some of them are a little bit more crumbly, like you know, other fossils that we see that are cast in sand and whatnot. But uh, again, some of these have these beautiful patterns. You know, like they look like a septer. Oh, now I can't think of the word. But some of them are beautiful agates with different designs. They can be reds um, and other colors, yellows. I've seen greens. Lots of interesting. Here's one that is a green spotted uh, designs on it. Very pretty. uh, Composed of many small pellets merged together probably from a large creature like a seropod. Some of these are found all over. But this is particularly talking about Salmon Creek in Washington, the Washington State, not Washington, D.C., in the United States. You can read all about these if you want. It's a quite lengthy article. Um, They have some pictures of iron concretion. Um, They have some that were made from other minerals. So there's quite a variety in these. It's not just uh, one size fits all. Some of them have uh, little pieces of... uh, They've got fossilized vomit. That you can find food that was not fully digested, that has been petrified, uh, all sorts of interesting things to be found in the fossil world. So, it is a fascinating study of trace fossils, these uh, coprolites and the kin. Uh, They may elicit some giggles, grins, and groans, but they are an intriguing piece of paleological puzzle for which they have tantalizingly few pieces. Um, so check that out. All right, so now for my die hard fans, the last article on how mining has changed over the years. Uh, if you're leaving us now, we want to thank you. please join our other social medias like, share our podcast, share, share all this stuff. We need to grow um, so we can do better and get more people involved with rocks and minerals and preserve our hobby and to preserve the areas that are open. This is really important. This is my long-term goal. I haven't talked about it in a while, but our long-term goal is to actually help keep areas open, support education of our communities and our clubs. We've already done that. We've donated three times more money than we brought in last year, and uh, we continue to do that moving forward. So please be a part of that. All right. At thebossmagazine.com, there is an article here about how mining has changed over the years. It is an in-depth article. We are going to go over the highlights of this article, and you can check it out in more detail. There is no credit for a writer here that I see at the top of the page, but mining has changed a lot. Um, there originally, you know, people were just mining off the surface with stones and hammers and such, and uh, then the uh, mechanical age kicked in where mechanical machines and dynamite and explosives and powders were used to loosen up rocks where huge tunnel boring machines and such are now things that are going on. But there is material deposit tracking. Um, This is where they are using a combination of advanced equipment, soil samples and chemicals to locate coal and gemstones and metals that are deep within the earth and predict what these uh, will with uh, the minerals from the landscape will will uh, have down below. We've got the modern day heavy equipment that is just huge. This uh, is designed to keep people out of danger by using this equipment to excavate, move, crush, and sort through rubble. And um, it is quite amazing. the drills, the earth transporters, the explosive tools, the crushing equipment, the feeding and conveying. Um, All these things have become mechanized so that it's a lot less handling by people during the dangerous processes of uh, opening up the ground. Now, a lot more women are on the site of mining areas in the 80s and 90s, Um, so there is uh, clothing made special for them, not just for men that did not fit so good before that. We've got utilitizing uh, geo metallology. This is uh, after the mining process. It allows the miners to manage the mine, figure out how long it will last, um, keep updates on the material, how to process it better, um, what they will expect for future production and so on moving forward and methods of improvement. Now there's mobile access to technological applications. All this technology is being brought down into the mine from the surface. Um, It helps smooth everything and uh, keep Situations much safer get warning systems are put into place, monitoring systems are put into place. Also, exploratory drones are uh, not just taking pictures of the land, but these are doing other things to check out uh, the stability of the land, make sure that there is no collapses. There's cloud technology this is uh, not clouds in the sky, but um, uh, mobile phones where people would be able to input data. Uh, onto a main system what other people could take that system off of and um, that helps also automated technology again uh, some of these things can be done automatically there are automated moving vehicles that designed they're designed to operate and carry ore 24 hours a day they can even drive in the dark Um, They don't have to worry about the air quality. If there's an accident, there's no human factor involved. Preventative uh, maps, uh, predictive maps and designation, they map areas and look for areas um, and track for uh, accurate results and, and compare that against what they've been doing by taking samples from areas and use this AI or artificial intelligence uh, along with the geochemical and the magnetics and all the other sampling that they do, chemical and such, to um, figure out where the greatest results and least amount of energy can be put into get the best results. So that's some of the things that have helped mining quite a bit. That doesn't mention some of the new mapping from space that is uh, analyzing the soil and using these uh, deep deep um, uh, radio waves that go in and bounce back and give different signals that are indicating minerals, uh, much more specific information to the geological formations of the mountains and what is contained therein. This is going to open up a new uh, mining booms in areas that we might not have anticipated in previous times. So all these things are really helping um, make things safer, more efficient, and uh, uh, all of the above, and cleaner too as well. So guys, I hope you really enjoyed today's podcast. We do our best to give you some great information, entertaining, and educational. Again, go to RadicalRocks.com, check out our store, check out our links. Have a great day, and remember, hounds don't die, they petrify.